In this episode, we interview Realms RPG developer Michael Miller, later Brandon Neal, up-and-comer game designer, and lastly, we do a game review of Clank on the Geek's Tabletop Game Review. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. That, that's, that's, our, that's our best. our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey, geeks! Welcome to episode 16 of Geeks of Cascadia! Wow, 16! 16! fantastic. But, but, yes, we have actually done 50... 50 podcasts. 50 podcasts. We have. As in 5-0. As Amazing. in 5-0. Wow. So we started off, of course, with the OrcaCon Pod podcast. Joe and I did the podcast on um, a bunch of cardboard boxes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we um, we grew up and we nightwinged out of there. We were no longer like, hey, we're, we don't want us to be Rob. We just nice. we mm-hmm. wanted to be our own entity and, right. and get out there. But we'll never, we'll never want to fully leave from under... Batman. We're still with Batman. <laughs> yes. And what's amazing is how many listeners we've grown from there. From it's true. From two to, I don't know, ten? Oh, no. We have, no. We, we're, we have tens we, and tens. That's right. And tens. tens and tens. There are some dedicated listeners out there. The double digits is so nice. Thank you so much to you. And by the way, if you are a dedicated listener of this show, please email us at geeksofcascadia at yes. gmail.com and say hi. And we can thank you by name. Yes. We'd like to know who you are. That would be fantastic. Especially if you're in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. But of course, yeah, there, <laughs> there are was. some people in Indonesia. <laughs> yes. But you know what I forgot to do? By the way, I am Blue Samurai, and with me is... The Costasaurus, and then we also have... I am Paul. So, Paul, what do we got today? Oh, we this is going to be so cool today. We have um, Brandon Neal, who we met at Dragonflight. I got to play his demo of a uh, working title, Lava Monster. It's where yes. basically you're jumping around the living room and not touching the lava. And he was very clear that it's a working title because yes. somebody else has that name or something. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, another, there's another one that he wanted to use. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, he, needs a, he needs a name for his game, <laughs> right. but his game is fun. I, play, I had a friend to come over and we went, we went straight to the demo table and played it. I feel like that's kind of copyrighted by like every seven-year-old out there, right? It is. I mean, yeah. I can't even think of how many. Could times be a I class action them. lawsuit. Yes, yeah, so all the seven-year-olds. All seven-year-olds sue for <laughs> they created Lava Monster. And we also have Michael Miller of Realms RPG. Yes. Awesome. And our good friends Kelly and Doug from Games Plus and Lake Stevens are going to review Clank. All right. Awesome. I've heard great things about it. I've not played it, but I've been meaning to. And both, uh, well, two of these interviews uh, were done at Dragonfly, which we all went to. Mm -hmm. And, of course, conventions are an important part of our gamey nerdiness. So what do we got for con news? Yep. So coming up first is we have BodiceCon, and that's up in Canada. That is in New Westminster in British Columbia, and that's going to be from November 3rd to 5th. And that just has a big focus on more 
um, heavier, I'd say heavier strategy games and war games and, and things more like that, like miniatures, war, and things like that as well. And then after that, we have OrcaCon. And so now that everything is public, our OrcaCon podcast is going to be at the Hilton in Bellevue, Washington. And so because of some stuff with the, our hotel that we were going to be at, um, just for anybody who's wondering, just to get the rumors out of there, uh, we were in contract to come back there. However, they contacted us, um, and this is at, which was the Holiday Inn, yes. but is now getting remodeled, and let us know that the renovations will not be done in time for our con. So thanks to them for their help, and they did um, help us look around and find something at comparable pricing. So, um, listeners, if you were thinking of getting a hotel room, it's going to be the same price. Uh, Hilton and Bellevue have been amazing with that, and we're going to have a little bit more room, too, and yeah. be able to try some new things. A lot more room, maybe some food trucks. If you yep. like um, Blackfish Stout, it will still be there. be there. And that will also be the same weekend. So that will be January 12th through 14th. That is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. For some of you that um, have like a, a job where you get days off, <laughs> um, that is also Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. So um, I know there's people out there that will have that Monday off. So again, January 12th through 14th in Bellevue, Washington at the Hilton Bellevue. Just go to orchicon.org and all that stuff is there. That's yep. right. And a big thank you, by the way, to Around the Table and Linwood, who have been kind enough to give us this table yep. to let us podcast. Yes. And we're right next to the delicious ice cream. So, listeners, if you hear someone say, I want vanilla or chocolate. You won't or- hear any of that. What you will hear is like lemon marsh or frosted flakes or the creeper mint chip. I like I like the name of the jumbo scoop. Jumbo scoop sounds like a dance from the early nineties. I think it is a dance from the early nineties. Jumbo scoop. <laughs> you have to wear those, those, those MC Hammer pants. Oh, and I pictured it like Clockwork Orangey, where you're wearing like the jockstrap and you have like the top oh, hat and you're okay. okay. <laughs> On that note. What we got coming up next, Steve? Well, who should we go with first? You know, I guess we didn't decide that, did we? How about we go with Michael Miller of Realms RPG? I like that. Sounds good. Okay. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive, members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www.vnw.club. Vernon and Wells, Imperium. In Imperio. Now to our show. Hey fans, we are here having an awesome interview with Mike Miller, the creator of The Realms RPG. How you doing? Doing well, thanks. Um, thanks for coming to the show. So here at Dragonfly, I see that, and I'm just starting to really get into RPGs. Um, I see you got at least three core books. I mean, you've and just looking through these, you put a lot of work into them. What kind of what was the inception of these? Well, originally I started gaming way back in the really early days of D and D, and I always wanted to build the character and read and read. And, I wanted to build the characters from the books I was reading, and it wasn't, and it wasn't capable of doing it. I wanted, mm-hmm. and I tried, tried all these different game systems, and nobody fit what I wanted to do. So I had to build my own. You want it done right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you uh, come up with this? Um, I started writing on this in the early '90s. Okay. Um, I don't write well. So I had to find a, an editor. And right. So I got my editor. I got it once. I got it all done. And I gave it to my editor the first time, and he laughed at me and threw it at me. <laughs> <laughs> is this the editor staring at us right now? It, it really it is. Oh, okay. 
Well, he's, he intimidated us, so we, we decided to have you on the podcast. So. Uh, he is a, a little intimidating, but yeah, he, he, the first manuscripts he threw back at me and said, you need to um, go fix this, because it's puke on a page. And so what have you done any other uh, games? Is this, this is the one thing that you've been... This is the one pushing? thing I'm, okay. uh, I'm writing right now. I've got a couple other things I'm working on, but... At this point, this is where I'm at. I've got two more books to finish um, re- my research on. I've been wor- the current one I'm working on. I've been work- researching for a year and a half. So, wow. what's, your, what's your elevator uh, pitch on this one? My elevator pitch is yep. we're basically it's a D100 point by system. It, your characters, you can build a character to be any way you want it to go. You okay. don't, you're not pigeonholed into um, like a lot of the gaming systems where if I'm a fighter. Every fighter, everybody who's playing a fighter has the exact same skill sets with a couple of just personality tweaks. Mm-hmm. This, you build your character from the ground up, you have no base skill packets. You just build your character the way you want it to go. And I, I see you can do in all different settings. You got space, you got fantasy, you got cyber stuff. Uh, well, the conception was I w- when we were working, I was working, I wanted to build a really awesome space game. Mm hmm. Okay. But it started turning into this huge, thick book. And having been a gamer for a long time, I realized you put a thousand-page, two thousand-page book on the table, and that's your core rules. Every gamer in the world goes, "Nope, I don't have the time." Hard pass. My, my <laughs> favorite—I mean, I go back a long ways—is uh, uh, Star Frontiers. Yeah, that, that I've was been my there, favorite. Played that game. It's like nobody plays it, you know, anymore. Anyway, no, a long no, time ago. Yeah, that's the same time as Boot Hill. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, what, where are we, we going to see this at? How do we um, buy it? <coughs> right now, mm-hmm. I have it on Amazon. Okay. Um, as a printed format. Mm-hmm. RPG now in digital format. Okay. Awesome. Um, but going back to the, the three genres. Sure. Um, your characters are portable up and down the timeline. That doesn't... Ooh, that's mm-hmm. cool. So you can build a fantasy character and end up in space, doing space exploration... The whole constant reason of breaking it up into these three packets is because I needed different tech levels. Okay. For a good, really good space game, you have to have different tech levels for your planets. And I gave you the three main, uh-huh. you know, spacefaring and then 90, 80s, 90s cyberpunk uh-huh. kind of feels. Dirty dirty city, you know, hardcore grit. Sure. And then this fantasy hack and slash. So, but, and you can move and take skill sets and stuff uh-huh. from, to pick any other um, timeline mm-hmm. or any uh, mm-hmm. other tech level to fit your worlds by using those three books. I like that and I think that's great. Um, for me, I feel like especially out of my friends, I feel like I'm kind of the minority when it comes to things like RPGs and things like that. I'm not a big fan of like the fantasy theme and that's like what I feel like is the majority of RPGs. So that's where I'm seeing this. I'm like, dude, cyber, that's awesome. Space, that's awesome because I'm a huge, huge like sci-fi fan and so it's great to see that it's not just, hey, do you want to play realms? I could be like, okay, cool. And they're like, okay, so it's fantasy. I'm like, oh, of course it is. You know what I mean? This is cool that there's these other like genres that can really pull into other um, other people that, that, that like these different genres. Yeah. Um, we also, in our in the space, we also wrote a really, really nice um, build-your-own-starship. Oh, that sounds so awesome. And Starship Combat. <laughs> so it's not not just, oh, character to character, but you also can give your... If you want to play, like, um, old Starfleet battles, you build your ship, you get out there and fight your buddies in just a starship battle, you don't... And, you, and oh, okay, well, we're going to kick in some 
boarding actions now because then you can take shuttles and you can do boarding actions oh, from your ships. That is so cool. And then you now and now you've gone from ship to ship to character to character in inside ships and that is so awesome. I uh, see like that is just that's really tickling my fancy in regards to the sci-fi. That is yeah, and, that's awesome. And and obviously you want to you want to sell your game. So what what would be the thing that you would say to listeners out there that sets you apart from existing RPG games out there? You can build the characters in the books you want to play, man. Honestly, okay. if you you know, it's if you want to play Gandalf, there's no other game system you can build it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to play um, some techno wizard from a book you're reading. There's no other way you can right. do it. And what you're saying is, you, I, I can be Gandalf in space. You could be Gandalf in space. All right, with a lightsaber. With a lightsaber. All right. Actually, we have spells that do that. That's a kick to, butt. G- Gandalf. <laughs> we have. We actually uh-huh. do. We have spells that you can okay. make energy weapons. Oh, okay. Energy oh, swords right. and mm-hmm. yeah. That is a that is a B level movie I would watch. Gandalf <laughs> in space. 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 So, so you're right here at Dragonflight. Where else do you? Uh, where else are you going to be selling your wares? Mm-hmm. Um, I travel the convention circuit for those conventions that actually let me in. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I'm also a blacksmith, so I spend so oh, a wow. lot of conventions don't let me in because I'm a blade bender. Okay. Not many people can say I'm a blacksmith. That's like one of those right. professions that you. I feel like you got to seek out more. You don't just see them. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You got to find us. Um, I, ma- I I learned many years ago under a master bladesmith who that's what he did was he traveled the convention circuit. And I was a young kid. I couldn't afford these just handmade beautiful blades mm-hmm. and I, we were talking and he said well just come out to the ranch and I'll teach you wow that's cool and well many years later here I am I'm doing what he did and kind of loving it well, that's awesome and uh, I love what you're doing you're uh, no, you make swords but you make games so what do you know huh? <laughs> you gotta be talking awesome. tonight well <laughs> Well, Wait, Mike, Michael, how would, night, how, would uh, <laughs> how would people get a hold of you? You get the Twitters, mm-hmm. the Facebooks, um, emails. We're on, we're on Facebook currently. I'm okay. looking at building a Twitter account. It's just I've got so many other it, things yeah. I'm doing. I just don't right. have the time. How would they find you on Facebook? Um, it is uh, Realms. Okay. On Facebook. Great. Or under Dragonstorm Sports on, on Facebook. And how would they email you if they need to email you? It would be uh, Dragon underscore Storm nine six at Yahoo. All right. No, that's I, I, I see it right here. I, I got thrown a card, and so that's exactly it's dragon underscore storm ninety six at yahoo.com. Perfect. Well, Michael, thank you for being yes, on thanks, the podcast, Mike. and I wish you well in your game runs. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was really cool getting to talk to Michael Miller. I remember at um, Dragonflight, there was I brought the question up of I would love to get into RPGs because I haven't played that much primarily because I'm not a big fan of fantasy theme um, in RPGs and that's you know D&D and and he actually had like he had one that was almost like a um, it made me think of like a android slash netrunner kind of feel he had like really cool sci-fi so it was cool that he had like all these different themes Mm -hmm. for his RPG really sky's the limit on that game and it was pretty cool and for the listeners, if you're interested in what, um, I guess, what what the game mechanics is and, and how it plays, we do have the Geeks Tabletop Game Review coming up, not in this uh, podcast, but maybe in a, a future one where we do where uh, Doug and Kelly review the game. Nice. And they'll tell you if they liked it 
Or they yeah. didn't like it. And it's available you know, now wherever you buy games. With game stores, Amazon, wherever. Right. Awesome. So you don't do any RPG at all? No, I've tried a couple. I tried, I've done the End of the World series. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a zombie one from that, which Fantasy Flight put out. I've done a, I did a single campaign, or not even a campaign, I did a single standalone of Mouse Guard, uh, which I enjoyed. Um, I really like the whole Mouse Guard universe. I'm a huge fan of all of David Peterson's Mouse Guard stuff. So, um, And then I did Fiasco, and I did D&D when I was younger. I just didn't get into it. What about Starfinder? I know you, you, you kind of like that sci-fi I, I thing, looked right? at it, but I haven't yet. Um... I mean, pretty much those RPGs are the only ones I've really tried. There is one that my buddy Patrick has, and I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Tales from the Loop, and it takes place in the 80s, and you're essentially, if you can think of where this is going, it takes place in the 80s, and you're a group of friends that find something pretty interesting, and it has to do with some aliens possibly coming down. And oh, it sounds like strange things, things like that. So it has that feel to it, and that does <laughs> oh, sound really, really appealing to me. <laughs> well, Paul, you, you, we grew up in the 80s. Come on. <laughs> that was 80s, exciting, yes. right? The 80s were very exciting for me. You know what? I was nine in the 80s, and I remember, I remember going out and going in the woods and trying to just build stuff or discover things and everything was an adventure yeah. and so it, it that that one did actually seem pretty cool cool well maybe we can get Doug and Kelly uh, to check out Starfinder too since that's the latest thing uh, that cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear that yeah so what else do we have well coming up next we got Brandon Neal who I said I played his game at Dragonflight um, it was so much fun me and my friend Rebecca who also plays in our D&D group they got to play that and it was, it's, a, it's an absolute hoot and working titles Lava Monster. All right, let's check it out. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, everybody. We are enjoying ourselves at Dragonflight. We are. We're meeting so many cool people, and right now we're meeting Brandon Neal. That's right. How's it going, Brandon? It's going great, man. It just started. It's super fun. Uh, I did playtesting for about two hours, so cool. I'm already tired, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting ready to go. And as the listeners know, we we interview so many game developers, de- game designers. We're not quite sure what the right terminology is. I say developers and designers, and I put them, I interchange them from all what, the time. Yeah, from what I understand, there there's a little bit of everything. Okay. So, like, okay, when you right. talk to someone, they could just be a designer, they could be both, or they could just be a developer. I, okay. I, so, yeah. I do know this, though. It's a lot of hard work. And many of them have actual other jobs so they can pay the rent. This guy put on the table. Yes, many have more than one. And we have talked uh, from the baby ones, which we're going to put you in the, the baby one. Please, which yeah, soon you I will blossom. Am. I hope to, so. To uh, full blown, like they're making a living off of it and have yeah. the whole company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But you know what, Paul and I enjoy talking to the ones that are coming coming up because yeah. we're hoping that you're going to make it big and then you'll remember us. Oh, absolutely. So, and it's so, cool to see the, the cool, interesting ideas people come up with that are, that are different than anything that's ever come before. Right. Yeah. That's really yeah. fun. And yeah. yours is different. So, Brendan, give us the elevator pitch of your game. Uh, the elevator pitch is the, uh, the floor is lava and uh, you're a kid trying to survive not only the lava but other lava monsters and each other. 
I, when you were a kid, you'd jump around on your furniture. This is uh, less athletic, so that's always nice. <laughs> uh, but it's still as strategic. You're trying to move around, uh, survive the game, survive each other, and survive the lava monsters with uh, certain tools and, and the cards you got in your hand. So, yeah. Cool. So it's like jumping on the furniture, but it's also a little bit safer. Absolutely, you yeah, yeah. Your head on the coffee table, yeah, probably. Yeah, but you know that's all part of the fun when you're a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that danger element? And so, how many players are you thinking, and what's the age and the time plays? As of right now, it's uh, it be- it plays best as a three to five. Okay. Um, uh, definitely, I've seen it play a lot better in the higher numbers because. The more not touch the table. The higher the numbers there are, it's like more player interaction, uh-huh. which is really good uh, for this game for sure. The size of the board, um, because of the dice that are involved for it, um, it's a six by six grid. Okay. And so when you have three players, you can at some point can be too far apart from each okay. other. So I'm working on that piece, trying to get that a little more. Uh, uh, toned down to try to get it so that there is player interaction like almost all the time okay. in addition to like, you know you're still fighting the game and the points can weigh a little heavy on one side than the other because of the size of the board um, but definitely higher numbers make it a much more intense game for is this sure. a cooperative game you were saying? So or? the beauty of this game is that it actually switches halfway through so okay. in the beginning of the game you're a kid you're jumping on the furniture but the goal of the game is to get points uh, when you're a kid, right? Right. So you want to fight lava monsters, and the more lava monsters you fight, the more points you get for that, right? You also get more points if you engage with another player. If you push that person into the lava, they become a lava oh, monster. Okay. I get two points for that instead of just the one for the lava monster. Okay. Right. Now here's the thing. Now I just became a lava monster because one of you knocked me in, right? Right. Oh, but wait. Now the guy on my right also became a lava monster. We want to take the kid down. A yeah. third way to win the right. game is by getting that last kid into the lava monsters. Therefore, the lava monsters win the game. That's awesome. So it can switch from being player versus player to to cooperative real quick. So, sounds like life, you know. Strive as yeah. a kid, you're happy. Absolutely. <laughs> Next thing you know, uh, you get a job and you're a lava monster. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So where are we at? In the de- so where are we on the development? We're at the. I see you've got a prototype out here. So mm-hmm. you're doing the play testing. Do you see any more play testing? going on do you need any yeah. round of rewriting the rules or so right now um it, so it's still fairly new um in, as far as the game has been made but the, what i'm finding right now it's rule tweaking okay. um luckily i have like the the interactions that i've had with people who have played the game they don't want to change too much about the game which is like really nice right. because it's less work for me um but in addition like uh it's just like the minor tweaking so like right now i played a game where I don't really have a hand size because the benefit of the game is how many, like, the more cards you play, mm-hmm. the more you're controlling the game, um, right? But um, but so there's no hand size. So someone had mentioned that, like, the more cards I play, the, the better I am at the game. So that's just, like, a minor tweak that I'd be like, okay, now the hand size, five cards, seven sure. cards, you know, sure. just, like, yeah. trying to test that out. And then you play that for a while, and then you find, oh, seven's too many, uh, not enough. Like, yeah. you know, so... It's like those little tweaks that I'm finding right now, but luckily the feedback I'm getting is very positive. Uh, even if it's negative, it's still like good constructive right. stuff yeah. that I need to hear, right? Yeah. Which is rough to do as an as a an adult man being told that this is not good. So <laughs> or something like that, you know. So at this point now, you're almost 
Well, it sounds like you're almost at the end of the playtesting phase of this. Now, is this next step is to try to get an artist or... The next uh, step um, for me... Uh, the next step for me is... I, so I've seen it done several ways. I've seen it done where uh, getting an artist is a good step to go because then you can get a good, decent prototype to mess with. Sure. Um, and then you can playtest some more. Um, but I've also seen it the other way where it's like where the stages now I have printed off cards with card sleeves and uh, a game publishing company wants to buy it and then they'll worry about the artwork and they'll worry about um, some certain stuff around the playtesting and everything like that. So my, my goal is to get it to a publisher because yeah. they're going to have the resources, they're going to have the money to be able to make it that much better. Well, it seems very pitchable, I have to say. Well, and that's it sounds like fun. Like, I, I understood what you were saying in the first 30 seconds. Awesome. And it sounded like fun to me. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully that translates for the rest of the playtests that I did. Yeah. <laughs> so so. Um, not to uh, make a pun or anything, but what about a fire under you? To, I've got to make a game. Well, I, me personally, I've always been like the, the person who... I love coming up with new ideas. I love coming up with... Um, innovative ways to do something and all that kind of stuff and then I started hanging out with my friends and they started showing me the world that like hey we we actually make these things yeah. and I'm like holy cow you can actually make a game <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing and then all of a sudden just like things started rolling and it was just one thing after another and it was yeah. like it just triggers that that creative part of me, which is what I thrive on. No, that, that's great. I mean, I know Paul and I. We thought we can make a podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So we did. Yes. Yeah. And we were so successful, right? Oh, yes. It's really great. Cool. Tens and tens. Tens, <laughs> tens and tens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's what that's what got me going on this. It's I'm really big on being creative, so I try to feed that as much as possible. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And so you have um, you actually have a real job. I do, trying yeah, to, yeah. Trying to, and, and you got to fit this all in. Plus, I imagine you're going from con to con to con. And then I've talked to developers where I just, you probably already know this, Brendan, but your life is not done yet, right? So yes, once you get on Kickstarter or the publisher, you yeah. have to go to more cons sure. to sell this yeah. thing. You prepared uh, to so. do that? You prepared yeah. to make the commitment? Well, I'm prepared or to. you want to be a lava monster? Well, the thing my wife, well, yeah, right? <laughs> the thing is my wife might not be too prepared for that. Um, <laughs> but I am prepared for it. I, I think that would be great. You never hear that either. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife's not a gamer uh. at all. And so uh, <laughs> trying to be like, hey, honey, uh, do you mind if I spend more money and uh-huh. go do this thing some more? So, yeah. And then I have a, I have a kid as well in addition to that oh, wow. and the full-time job. Yeah. And, yeah, so trying to fit it all in the schedule for sure. But, you know, that's, you know, we do these things as a passion, right? So yeah, that's, that's true. That you definitely keep feeding that, yeah. that need to keep doing those things, right? So that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, very cool. Just, I need to find a passion like that other than podcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I have an idea for a game, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're kind of at an early stage. This is your first game. The first official game. Yeah. So how do people find out about your game? Yeah. Um, but do you post like things on Facebook or? Uh, it's recently. Or it's uh, on Twitter has been the the most that I've seen uh, some more interaction. I've had the playtesters; they've been posting about it. Um, okay. It's still like I said; it's like really early for it, so I haven't like totally put it out there. Okay. But like I feel like after this weekend, for sure, it's gonna get okay. get some more traction. But yeah, so you should be able to look up uh, Lava Monster up on Twitter. Awesome. 
All right. Well, Brandon Neal, right? Yes. So thank yes. you very much for coming on this podcast. Thanks for I wish me. you luck. And like I've told the previous uh, game developers and designers, when you make it big, please remember. Yes. This. Absolutely. All for right. sure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was great talking to Brandon, and um, there's so many things I like about this game. It's simple, it's fun, you can play it for pretty much all ages, and the function of when you get caught by the lava monster, you become the lava monster and still get to keep playing. And now, but if you were really caught by a lava monster, wouldn't you just burst into flames? Well, you do, and then you get you get absorbed into the continuum mm-hmm. that is the lava, yeah. and then you go after the remaining people who are not yet lava. You actually, yeah, you actually don't get destroyed because of imaginations. Imaginations yes. help you not get destroyed exactly. by lava. It's really fascinating how that works. Yes, I don't know. Sounds like I have to suspend it's some disbelief. But, in this. Yeah. But, no, it's um the science is there. Yeah, but there, there's also some, some reasonable strategy evidence based. Evidence based. Definitely. Yep. It's gone through the whole scientific method. So if you believe hard enough and get sucked in by lava, yeah, you still exist. It can happen. Right. And so, what what was this thing? Would you have to like, like when you were a kid, you like hop on couches. You or hop something? on couches, or you throw um, yeah. you pieces of the the couch furniture, like the the seat cushion from mm-hmm. the couch onto the floor, mm-hmm. and you get on the go on the coffee table, and then you jump over to the chair. So Which is cool because cushions actually um, scientific factor. Couch cushions don't burn in lava, and they float. It is, that is I a did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's actually really heavily um, based on the, the, sci- the we, science. We, we went to the colleges and we learned these things. Yeah, we went to lava college. college. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, too bad the people at Pompeii didn't know that, but then that well, was yeah, so, so that long ago really, that they didn't have um, couch really cushions. They did. I blame, I blame <laughs> the one jerk that was like, boring, and then walked away, <laughs> and then he kind of ruined it for everyone. So is this when you, not only when the lava munch, monster touches you, but if you touch the lava... Well, you, well, you have to roll against the lava monster to see if it, if it beats you or not. You might escape. Right. You might not. But eventually there's more and more lava monsters. Right. And eventually there's like one person left. But you had fun. Oh, we had lots of fun. Well, I guess that's all that matters. That's true. That okay. is true. Yeah. So what do we have up next? I think we got one thing left, right? One thing left. And that's Kelly and Doug. They're going to talk about their Clank review. With our Geeks Tabletop Game Review. Yes, indeed. That's yep. what it's called. And once again, you can email us at geeks... Or not geek. Yeah. Geeksofcascadia.gmail.com. Yeah, i got to look at the big sign. And then <laughs> if you want us to review a game, please do. I might send an email to them. Someone needs to. I think they should do Starfun. Mm, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hear what uh, Kelly and Doug have to say. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Games and Gizmos. Games and Gizmos is your friendly local game store with a great selection and a welcoming community. Come to Games and Gizmos in Kirkland, Washington. Now back to the show. Hey everyone, this is Doug again here at Games Plus in Lake Stevens, and today I'm joined with... Kelly, as always. Sometimes, I guess. Most of the time, yeah. Uh, today we're reviewing uh, Clank for the Geeks Tabletop Game Review. Uh, it's an old game. It's not like particularly brand new. It's about a year old. I think so. Yeah, it was Gen Con last year that it got uh, got a release at. So it's about a year old now. Uh, it has been very popular. We've pretty much absolutely um, everyone I've introduced it to wants to pick up a copy. Yeah, and we've always been out of stock, or it's pretty much been back ordered for a month or so at a time. Uh, so this is, it's a deck-building adventure game, uh, kind of along the same vein of 
Dominion and Ascension, kind of like those. Thunderstone, yeah, definitely more like Thunderstone. But what? it incorporates a board. Yes. Um, so it's not just a deck building game. You're also moving around a board and using your deck to help you move yeah, the dungeon. This is like those uh, the planes, trains, and automobiles games from AEG yeah. that also have a board with it. This is definitely a lot like that, uh, where you are diving into a dungeon, trying to come up with the most treasures you can. Uh, gameplay is pretty simple. Uh, you start with your standard 10 cards uh, that everyone else starts with. Uh, you get focus, or skill is what I believe it's called. Yeah, that, skill points. Which is your currency for buying new cards. You also... Leveling up your character. Like finding elven boots. Pretty much, yeah. Being able to use a magical device or that kind of stuff. Yeah, things like that. You have movement points, which are the feet symbols, to allow you to move from room to room. And fight symbols for fighting monsters or making it down passageways. Yes, definitely. Now, there there are different paths to take uh, on this board. Uh, some require more movement to move down. Some are locked passages. Some have monsters down them. Some have monsters down them, yes. that'll You'll take damage if you can't fend them off uh, as you move through them. And there's there's this limiting factor, which I really like about it, in, in the Crystal Caves. Yeah, because you end your turn, you lose all the rest of your movement when you enter a Crystal Cave. Yeah. It stops you from blowing through the dungeon, mm -hmm. uh, really, and fast-tracking the dungeon. There's a few ways to get to kind of overcome that. There are some cards. I think there's it's Dead Sprint that lets you, you don't have to stop in Crystal Caves on but this turn. But you get turn. Clank. But you also get Clank, yeah. And Clank is uh, pretty much any time you do something uh, in the game, make you will get Clank. You make it's you're attracting the dragon, making noise. Now there's cards in here. There are monsters that whenever they come out, everyone's gonna get Clank. There are cards that when you get them, you'll get Clank. Like uh, some of these dragons gems that you'll you'll pick up, they'll give you Clank. And what happens is as you refill this display of cards, like any other. Uh, Dungeon or deck building game. Some cards will have dragon symbols on them. Which and when, will activate the dragon, and yeah. everyone who has put Clank into the pile will then pick up their stuff and put it straight in the bag, and then you draw at least three, if not four or five, cubes from the bag and see if the dragon found you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there are, like, the, the dragon rage meter starts at different spaces based on number of players, and it increases as you pick up all of these legendary artifacts that the dragon has down in his dungeon. Or you steal some of his eggs. Or you steal some of the eggs, yeah. Those, that is the easiest way to uh, to increase the rage meter. So, yeah, accidentally step into a room and look at hidden treasure. Oh, look, I found a dragon egg. Oh, well, oh, that's not good. That is not good. Uh, so yeah, this game has been out. It recently had uh, an expansion come out. Sunken Treasures. Sunken Treasures. Uh, so underwater dungeon diving into sunken Literally, ships. dungeon diving. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, this one, it incorporates uh, underwater rooms that require you to either move out of them almost immediately or else you'll take damage, or to have the scuba helmet which scuba stands for... Self-contained self underwater breathing apparatus. That's what it means for us. It means stands for something completely different in the game. I don't remember. It, it is something it's totally, like, totally fits inside the world. Totally flavorful for any kind of role-playing adventure game. Speaking of flavor, like, all of these cards have flavor text on them. It's great. Yeah. Um, 
There are little things like a burgle. If they wanted to, if they wanted to keep it, they would have nailed it down. Yeah. Uh, stupid things like that. Um, there's a singing sword. It's always sharp. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. A lot of that is just is just great flavor that adds to the experience of playing the game, and that's one of the things I really like about this, and any kind of game that adds that to it, whether it's just some kind of spoiler in the artwork or some Easter egg in the artwork or something like the flavor text on it. It is really nice to see that they incorporated in this to kind of give a nod to those other kinds of games. Yeah. So what I like about this, uh, haven't really talked about it, but there are two sides to the game board either for an easy uh, gameplay for all the starter players on the day side of the board, or more advanced style play for the night side of the board. The gameplay is still completely the same depending on which side of, or independent of which side of the board you use. It's just things are spread out differently on and the different it, yeah, sides. It forces you to change your uh, strategy uh, for playing the game as a as a character, mm-hmm. instead of just, like, if you're playing the day board, uh, Doug has a strategy where he runs in as quickly as he can and gets the first treasure and then sneaks back out before anybody notices that he started the death clock. That is that is uh, one of the pretty decent starting strategies as you learn to play the game. Oh, I just want to get in here, get this somewhat expensive artifact, and kind of make my way back out, but also pick things up as well. Yeah, and hopefully nobody notices that I'm making the mm-hmm. trick back, up, back up to yeah. the top. One thing I didn't talk about when we started this was uh, the designer, Paul Denon. This was his first game as a designer, and it has exploded in popularity. Oh, so. yeah. The fact that they've all, within six months they had an expansion ready to go, mm-hmm. and now a year later they have another standalone coming out called Clank in Space. Clank in Space. That Yeah, uh, Rato, uh did a run-through on it. It is. It looks to be really great. It has modular boards. To change how the game plays. Not only does it have flip sides, yes. but the flip sides have flip sides. Yeah, that is that is pretty great. Uh, so this game plays one to four players. They did come out with a companion app, I've heard. So okay. you can play it kind of single player, but the, the app plays kind of as a second player. Uh, games, or you can just find a friend. Or you can just find a friend. It is not that hard to teach them how to play Clank. Uh, it's about 30, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, uh, if you're really competent and know how to play, uh, deck building games. But it's a five minute intro. It, but yeah, it is. I mean, kind of like Catan, it shouldn't take more than five minutes to explain how to play. Mm-hmm. It is very simple. It's just reading symbols on cards and sometimes reading text when they have, do certain abilities. Uh, that, that, uh, that's pretty nice because, like, the, the age level that's recommended for it is 12 and up. So kind of some reading comprehension is a, a little bit necessary for some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, it's not like huge texts of, on the cards, but it does require a little bit of if this, then that understanding of the reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, for the price, it's a $60 game. Uh, it comes with really uh, good components. The cardboard is really nice on the secrets and the gold pieces. And the cards are actually really nice. Uh, we have our copy here sleeved up uh, in sleeves because we... Well, the gamers use it. Every time they're missing somebody and waiting for someone else to show up. Yeah, it is definitely one of their, their go-to games to play while waiting for people. Yep. Yeah, all right. Moving on, uh, kind of doing a little plug here. Uh, we are hosting, not really hosting, but 
helping out with a Indiegogo campaign for Dyes. It is a it is called an Ultimate Gaming Companion app. Now what it does, it's kind of similar to the companion app that you might get for First Martians or for the new Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, where it kind of helps you learn the game as you play it, but also has, has set up for the game and some rule lookup tools as well. And it looks really nice. They've got a few games kind of uh, in the queue for what they're developing it for. One of them's Carcassonne and... Bang. Yeah, Seven Wonders, Scythe, Blood Rage. So it's not just those really easy games that it's it'll take you maybe five minutes to go through the tutorial, but it's more of those somewhat complex games that could use this just so you you figure everything out and don't miss anything from going through the rule books. So it's they're doing an Indiegogo campaign. You can check them out at dies.com. That is dies with a Z. Uh a little bit weird pronunciation, but yeah, uh, it looks to be good. I think they're... They've got a video on Board Game Geek. Uh, they did a review there, and you can see how the app plays. Yeah, they, they did it for... I think they did a Gen Con last year for one of their earlier games that they came out with, where they took the, the companion app for that for learning it, and then they're kind of expanding on that in order to incorporate a bunch of games. And I mean, they've got a bunch of publishers pretty much down and ready to go with it. Including Simon uh, and Stonemaier Games. Blue Orange. Blue Orange, yeah, Blue Orange does a lot of good, uh, not just kids' games, but more uh, easy entry level games. So if you want to check that out, it's dies.com. If you want to uh, support them, you can use our code, which is WA-9839. Uh, we, can, we earn perks a little bit for people that use that link uh, for supporting the campaign. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for doing this review with me again, Kelly. If you got any recommendations for games you want us to do, let us know on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Geeks of Cascadia. Thank you. Well, guys, what a great review of the game, don't you think? Kelly and Doug are always great. They are great. Which, by the way, we're totally BSing. I haven't even heard the review, but I have it recorded here. It is quite. So I'll take the file <laughs> and, and, you know, attach it somewhere. It's the sausage making of podcasting. <laughs> you shouldn't be concerned about that, but I guarantee you it was a great review. I've heard, I have really heard a lot of great things about it, and it looks awesome. And guess what? They're releasing one soon. A whole new version called Clank in Space. Oh, really? Yep. And that that's like fun. And I mean, I would. The thing is, with tabletop games, of like board games, I can get into like fantasy games like that where there's a lot of mechanics to keep it going. Because uh-huh. then there's that theme mechanic balance. Sure. Um, but with you know with RPG where it is like in my head and more imagination, that's where it's that. But Clank in Space sounds pretty cool too. I mainly like kitten-based games that take ten minutes. Nice. So kitten-based games, as in kittens exploding or kittens, uh, kittens, kittens goes in a okay. blender or something. Kittens like that. in a blender is a little bit better. Kittens in but, a tower. But have is you ever good. actually tried the tabletop game? 
the tabletop game. Kittens in a blender. Yeah, the tabletop yes, game, yes. not the meadow version. No, yes. What does that say about our society? I wasn't actually putting kittens in a blender. You know, I was oh, okay. My, my confusion. What does that say about us? Like some aliens <laughs> come down and they go through it and, di- and they find this game or these games, these card games about us just murdering kittens. <laughs> I would think that they would think that kittens are. Um, and cats are more like annoying and stinky uh, and rude, and they don't actually have personalities like people think they do. You are not a cat person. You just alienated probably half our. You're not sorry. killing your own kittens. You're sorry. killing your opponent's kittens. That makes it okay. Oh wow! Even if they're cute. Well, just for the record, I love cats. <laughs> I love cats too. They're great. Yum, just in case tasty. any are listening to this podcast. Jeez, <laughs> all tens of you. <laughs> Chances of you, 10 people out there like cats cats. and are offended. Well, so I think we have a pretty good podcast. We have a lot lot of good interviews and a good review in there. And I think we should make sure everyone knows, if you like listening to Michael Miller and talk about realms, we're going to have that review next week from Kelly and Doug. We should write that down to make sure we remember that. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, we should. We forget all the time. Sometimes. <laughs> and that would be the week after this week, am I correct? Yes. That's what the, the next week, week yes. means. Okay. Yes. Now, next week means it is the... Um, the something of later in fall. 16 or so, which means we are one week... <laughs> Nailed We'll be one week away from Stranger Things. Yay. Nice. Which Paul hates. And Halloween. Get extra sleep. Halloween is my ish. I love Halloween. I, I get home from work. I zip tie my gates closed. Do you? So nobody can knock on my door. You're a crumb. Are you serious? Are you serious? I am serious. Oh, my gosh. Really? We have dogs. You're dog. a jerk. We have we a jerk, it. but we also have dogs that go crazy when people enter Dude, our yard. you're going to get egged. Have you gotten egged? Not yet. Teepeed? No. Not yet. All right. Um. Paul's address is... <laughs> yes, no kidding. Jeez. Uh, to each their own knob. Grumple still skin. No, um, well, you could I, watch Stranger Things. Super, super I could. You have plenty of time to do it. I, I, yes. I've been prepping since September. I've already re- watched every single um, Simpsons Halloween Treehouse of Horror episode that has ever aired. I have watched all of the Bob's Burgers Halloween episodes. I've gotten a bunch of movies. I've watched the hollow all the Halloweens up to like, except the new two um, Rob, Rob Zombie ones. Like, I'm I'm hardcore in that. Wow. So speaking of cartoons, played Spookies, which is a really nice dice rolling game. Speaking of cartoons, so my kid asked my wife and I if he could watch Rick and Morty, my youngest one. I don't know how I feel about. How old is your youngest one again? Well, he's thirteen. Oh, he's really smart though. Well, he is smart. Thirteen and smart. He is smart. He'll learn some things. Is, he'll he's definitely learn some things point. from Rick and Morty. <laughs> I can't say much because I've only seen one episode. Well. I think maybe I'll let him watch it, but he's got to be with me when we watch it. Yeah. It's, um... Then cut the thing off. <laughs> I do. I love Rick and Morty. Might raise some more questions than, than anything else. Yeah. Hey, but if... Things you should talk about as a family. That's right. But exactly. But if I say... Like, my wife's motto is old enough to ask, old enough to know. So... And that's okay. how she was raised. And she turned out pretty good. So... Well, when you guys have kids, I will be... Asking you a lot of questions. <laughs> okay. See how it's going over. Yeah, exactly. She has four kids in her family that work really well, yeah. Actually, let me tell you how to, to raise your children because I know all of that. <laughs> Great. 
Well, with that, I think that's all we have for the podcast, guys. Yep. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. Um, Workingcon.org. Yeah. Yes. Get your, get your badge. Get a room. Also, yeah. the fact that it's still going to be 99 bucks um, at Great the deal. hotel. Yeah. It's a beautiful hotel. I, I think we're all pitching it's, in, right? I, we're all going to um, stay in the same bed yes, and everything. Yes. No. One single. All right. Um, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. Dibs, dibs, right? Middle. middle. Oh, <laughs> what? You don't call them middle. <laughs> well, we'll turn down the heat. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually thinking I'm going to be staying there. I will be staying in the hotel all three nights. As of right now, I'm talking with my wife because it sounds really fun to her, too. So cool. just because that's, I mean, it's not too far, but it just, I like that hotel. Can you get Friday off or are you going to? Yep, I already have it off. Well, I have a sub Amazing. scheduled for that. And so that's one my one of two one of three personal days. So very cool. Yep. Luckily, I'm in a job where I kind of make my own hours, so nice. I'll try to be there early Friday. I'll just so, yep. take. I'll be there all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, and don't forget, listeners, if you want to email us, email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebooks. Facebooks? Did yeah. I say Facebooks? Yeah, there's. There, I meant Facebook. Well, there's ones alternate yes. universes, so technically it's plural. Right. Um, we got Twitter at Geeks of Cascadia, and we are on Instagram as well, but I have no idea what that is. I'm sure it's Geeks of Cascadia. It's Geeks of Cascadia. Well, there you yes. go. And, and don't forget to review us on on iTunes, please. Yes. Yep. Holy please, cow. Please, please. And then It really helps a lot. And then again with the email, feel free to email us if you want a list of... Um, Paul's fears, um, so yeah, you know what to sure. do to him on Halloween. We can do that. And listeners, I know, I know there's some dedicated listeners out there because I see it. I can actually go online and see how many people have subscribed, subscribed to our podcast. Yeah. So all I'm asking you is to take the 30 seconds to click on iTunes or Stitch or whatever, make your comment, five stars, and remember, you can still do five stars and say you suck. Yes. It's perfectly okay. We just need the stars. And if you're halfway around the world, because there are a few of you, please let us know who you are. It's so fascinating. Right. Yeah, and that is actually really... I would love to yeah, hear that well, as well. Why, you know, the person that from Indonesia that listens to us or... Are you Will Anderson? Yeah, are you <laughs> Will Anderson? Or I think there's someone from Denmark or Sweden or something they have like that. that yeah. why, why, why are you listening to no, our podcast? No, 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 I'm, well, I'm listen, glad you are. I'm glad you are, by the way. But... I'm just curious. How did you find us? Can we interview you? Yes. Do you have some condition that forces you to listen to these crazy podcasts? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, yes. I digress, and it's time to go. So with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.